Wow, what a great day, huh? Happy Easter to you all. And uh, man, what an exciting day as we think about the great truth that we celebrate this morning, the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. Just an amazing thing. And uh, wow, exciting. Um, as we think about uh, the gospel, we just sang. And thank you, worship team. I mean, everything there is right out of the word. It was parts of my message. I'm like, wow, God, thank you. I mean, you, I am ready to preach, folks. All right? Ready to go this morning. And uh, we're excited about this. I have, I have a quote to start. And I want you to think about this. We're going to come back to it a little bit later on. But uh, Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. That's true. It's true. Think about that. You say, what's it got to do with Easter? Well, give me a few minutes and we'll get there. Meanwhile, open your Bibles, please, with me this morning to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We're going to begin with the first 12 verses. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you'd like a hard copy to hold in your hands, if it's not your phone or tablet, underneath the chair, somewhere in front of you, close at hand, should be a Bible, and in that Bible, page 737, if you'd like to have a Bible, you need a Bible, please feel free, that's our gift to you this morning, but page 737, Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to read the first 12 verses, so if you would just follow with me. Um, as I read uh, Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they'd prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were wondering about this. Or while they were wondering about this, suddenly... Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, as we Take a look at that. I, you know, it's, it reminds me of last Sunday morning. And if you missed that, just enough for you to know, we had uh, 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 Piercing Word Ministries with us, and they did a dramatic presentation in music and just scripture of the Easter story, starting with 
the Last Supper all the way through to the resurrection. And it was an amazing presentation. There is actually a live stream event of that, sh- that program uh, tonight. And if you wanted to watch that, uh, you go to piercingword.org and it will be there for you if, if you're interested at all. They didn't even pay me to say that. So uh, I'll send in a request for my uh, uh, commission on that one. But last Sunday morning, it was amazing just to see and to hear the Easter story like we did. So fresh and new and things that we heard that we maybe forgot or things that we heard that we hadn't heard before and, and things that we saw and it just made it come to life and it's the same story that we've always read and heard and yet for me as I was sitting there listening and watching, it, it just stirred up some things in a fresh new way and, and it stirred up a few questions in my mind. And I was watching one of those things that, that came up and I, I couldn't help but ask and think that through even this week. Actually, it had a different text that I was preparing to preach from, and uh, I thought, I, no, I, I got to go with this. And, and so that's why we're in Luke chapter 24. But the question would be, why did the women come to the tomb that morning with spices to finish the burial process for Jesus? Why did they do that? I mean, if in fact they were aware of the resurrection and we'll find out that they were don't you think that they should have come to the tomb that morning expecting to see an empty tomb and maybe even to see the resurrected Jesus but that's not what they expected or they wouldn't have had the burial perfume and spices with them but when they got there they were surprised And when they got there, this is what we read back in chapter 24 of Luke, verse 2. We just read that, but follow with me again down through the text. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this. What do you think they were wondering about? Pretty simple, I think. Pretty straightforward. Where in the world is Jesus? I mean, that's what it says there. They didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they're wondering about this, they'd have to be saying, where did he go? What happened? Maybe they thought somebody came and stole his body. We we don't know. But as they were wondering, a couple of angels appeared. And and it says, depending on what translation you have, uh, it says young men here in the NIV as we're looking at this. But we know that there were angels And the angels responded to the women as they fell on their face before them and they said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Good question. Because Jesus wasn't dead because they continued on and they said to the women, he is not here, he's risen. Woohoo, huh? Wow, what a celebration. I don't think the ladies were jumping up and down and waving their arms as as they got that news because they weren't sure what had happened. I want to talk about why they didn't know, but we'll move on from there. And as they said 
to, listen, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee during the three years of ministry that Jesus had on the earth with his followers? He had talked to them about this. We're going to look at that. But he's, this is not a question. Don't you remember? No. The angel said, remember how he told you when he was with you in Galilee. What did he tell them? Verse 7, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Remember how he told you. Well, as they thought about it, verse 8 says, then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. Now they didn't have to wonder because they remembered what Jesus had told them. And because they remembered that Jesus had told them this, that would be my, in a sense, an answer to the question, but not really as to why they came with perfume and spices to wrap up a dead body when they just remembered that there would be no dead body there. Verse 9, when they came back from the tomb, You see, the ladies, they'd seen what they'd seen. They'd heard the angels. When they came back from the tomb, they told these things to the 11, who are the disciples or the apostles, right? You say, 11? I thought there were 12. Well, Judas wasn't there after he'd betrayed the Lord Jesus, right? He took his own life. And we find out, that, so to the 11 and to all the others, other followers of Jesus were there. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But, verse 11, they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Now, here's a group of people who also should have known, who also had heard. And we'll look at that in a minute. But they also did not believe what the women were saying. Now, some would make a big deal about the fact that in this culture, women were not considered reliable witnesses. They just, it just wasn't what the culture did. And so therefore, because a woman was coming, it would be questionable. Sorry, ladies. I hope you don't feel like that today. Really. And, uh, you know, it is Jesus who gave value to these women as he met them there. And, and so the apostles, though, and the other believers, they didn't believe it. Peter, in verse 12, however, got up from where they were, ran to the tomb, and he looked inside. As he looked inside, of course, we're told there that he saw the strips of linen that had wrapped up Jesus. They were there by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. What in the world happened? Now, some would say that was an indication of doubt. And when you look at the word wondering, it could go that way. It's used in a doubting way. Others would say it's not used that way. It could be used, actually, he was wondering, okay, I believe this. I wonder how that happened. Where is he? We really don't know conclusively one way or another, but Peter, his mind was stirring. It was rolling. He was trying to figure out where Jesus was. Faith or no faith, it didn't matter at that point. He was wondering about this. And this morning, I want to say to you, as he contemplated what he saw, an empty tomb, knew that there would have been a resurrected Jesus somewhere, I want to challenge you with this, simple, this thought. The resurrection of Jesus Christ demands a response on your part today. 
Again, just like we said Friday night, if you were here when we talked about the death of Christ on the cross, you don't just, you don't just think about Jesus' death on the cross and say, yeah, what a terrible ordeal he went through and he shed his blood and he gave his life and it was terrible. He suffered and it was in agony. We could read all about that and, and I know those facts and okay, I'm going to bow my head and thank God. Folks, the cross demands a response. The resurrection demands a response. Let me come back to the quote that I started with. It's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. Were the women wondering if they'd been fooled? I mean, if that was you, you came to the tomb with spices and perfume ready to finish the preparation for the final burial of Jesus. So they weren't thinking about finding an empty tomb. So were they then wondering if they had been fooled? Uh, maybe. But when they were reminded, when the angels reminded them of that, they remembered what Jesus had told them. And, and so they were so still kind of wondering, went to the apostles to tell them. And in fact, they must have believed what they had remembered or they wouldn't have been there to begin with. Did the disciples think they had been fooled when the women came and told them that the tomb was empty? What did they think? We're told they didn't believe them. Were they thinking, hey, were we fooled? And maybe that's why they didn't or maybe it was more than just not believing what the women told them. Maybe they didn't believe what Jesus had told them before he died on the cross. Do you ever think about that? How about Peter? Peter went inside. He was the one that we just read about. He was the one as he saw this went away wondering what had happened. Uh, it was Peter that Jesus told would deny him three times just the night before. And Peter did what Jesus said he would do, even though he denied that he would do that. Was Peter fooled? You know, as we think about that, we need to dig into the Scripture. So let's keep doing that. Let's look back with me to what the angel said to the women in verse 5. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He, has he is risen. Remember how he told you when he was with you in Galilee. He had told them, the Son of Man. That's, that's the name Jesus used for himself. Signifying, emphasizing his humanity. He said, the Son of Man must be delivered of the hands of sinners and be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Jesus had told the 12, now the 11, and those followers of Christ exactly what was going to happen. He, he, even the angels, this is pretty amazing. The angels, think about this, in the tomb said to the ladies, rather than trying to, to build a case for what happened to Jesus, the body was gone. They did say he's not here, he's risen. But what did they say? Listen, remember to what, what Jesus said. That's what the angels were focusing on. What did Jesus tell you? That was his concern. So what did Jesus say? Because what Jesus said was the most important thing for those two angels talking to the women. What Jesus said mattered. So let's see what that was. Look with me to Matthew chapter 16. 
Matthew chapter 16, and I think I will have this verse on the screen for you, but Matthew chapter 16 and uh, starting at verse 21. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, this is the first time that we have an actual mention of Jesus telling that to the disciples. It's in the books of Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke. We don't see that story talked about in the book of John, but in all three, it's very similar. And, and as they, for the first time, heard from the lips of their own Savior, Jesus. Look, look at this, verse 22. Peter took him aside, took Jesus aside, and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. Peter couldn't accept that. He couldn't believe that their Jesus, who they believed to be the Messiah, the deliverer who had come to this earth to set them free, to overthrow the Roman Empire and to set up his kingdom, he couldn't believe that he would have to be crucified, that he would die on the cross. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Yikes. (laughs) wow what a thing to say to one of your followers one of the big three but there it is get behind me satan you are a stumbling block to me you do not have in mind the concerns of god but merely human concerns he was only thinking about himself and jesus called him out on that So there you go. That's the first time that we know, we read in Scripture, that that Jesus told the disciples and his followers what was going to happen. He did it again a second time in Luke chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. And again, you can find a similar account in Mark and in Luke as well. He did it a third time in Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. And you can see there, that's probably the most involved of his expressions and explanation to him. But he said that's exactly what will happen, that the Gentiles will mock him, will flog him, will crucify him. But three days later, he'll rise again, huh? So there's at least three times that Jesus told his followers Very interesting. Luke chapter 18, when Luke talks about the third account here, this is what Luke says about that. He says, the disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Now you say, well, Glenn, that's kind of the answer to your question, isn't it? I mean, if if Jesus kept them from knowing, then that's that's the answer to this. Well, but not all the accounts say that. And there's also, as you read through the Gospels, there's also still an accountability that Jesus lays before the disciples because they heard him. In fact, if you looked at Matthew chapter 26 and verses 1 and 2, just two days before Jesus was to go to the cross, Jesus again said, I'm just telling you guys again, I will be crucified. 
So he was expecting them to listen, to hear, to know. And then I, I came across this, there's still an accountability. We not be, may be able to answer all of that. Do you remember the same thing was true of Pharaoh in the Old Testament? Back in the book of Exodus when the plague came. The plagues and, and, and he responded and, and he'd, he'd say he'd let, he'd let Israel leave Egypt and then he'd change his mind and, 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 and it says God hardened his heart. Guess what? God didn't let Pharaoh off the hook. He still held him accountable for his decisions. So here, here's a thought. Came across this in one of my study books. God often says things that we fail to understand because we have trouble accepting them. Think about that. I, I think that's true. When we don't accept what we read in the Bible, what God says to us, we sometimes say, I don't understand that. When in fact, we understand it, we just don't want to do it. And I think that's part of what happened because the, the disciples didn't want to believe. We just read Jesus had to call out Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're only thinking about yourself and you're thinking about things from a human perspective. There's a bigger picture here and that's the spiritual need of the whole world. And because they weren't accepting that, because they were expecting the Messiah, the Messiah to deliver them as a nation, as a Jewish nation from the Roman Empire. And it did appear that couldn't happen if Jesus was crucified on the cross. And I think when we're reading the word of God, I think when we're gaining, grabbing hold of God's truth, here's what we better understand about the word of God. We obey it first and then we seek to understand we never say, I just don't get it, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. We obey it, and then we understand. You see, when God speaks, we must remember that it is God who's speaking. And therefore, that requires a response of acceptance and obedience. You see, the cross demands a response. The resurrection demands a response. What Jesus says, the in the Bible, his words to us, they demand a response. All of the word of God, not just bits and pieces. In fact, we're going to dive a little bit more into that aspect of things next Sunday morning. We're going to talk about how do we know what we believe in the Bible? How do we know what is culturally out of date and what is still applicable to us in 2022? There is a way that we can know we're going to look at that, but it's all necessary for us to respond to, to accept, and to obey. That's what Jesus expects. Let me give you something else to chew on. You can get the context if you want to write this down, if you're taking notes from John chapter 20 and verses uh, 3 to 7. John chapter 20, verses 3 to 7, but listen to verses 8 and 9. And this is the account of the resurrection morning, the Easter Sunday morning. Finally, the other disciple. And when you're reading through the book of John and you see the other disciple, that's how John talks about himself. Talks about himself in the third, the other disciple. He doesn't say an I, he just says the other disciple. When you see that, you know it's John. So it says the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, John had run ahead also went inside, he saw, and you, if you read the context, you'd find Peter was with him. 
He saw and believed. John responded a little bit more positively at first, but then we read they still did not understand. Peter and John still did not understand from Scripture. The Bible would have been the Old Testament. They didn't understand from what God had already told them that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, you dig into that. I'm not going to go anymore. Wow, I'd never seen that before. And I dug into that this week, and I thought, man, that's a message in and of itself. But why in the world? What does that mean? Well, you studied out, and um, I'll be glad to sit and talk with you sometime about that. But also, look, look back to Luke 24 now. Luke 24. And down in verse 13, which is the next verse after our passage, we find uh, Jesus walking along. There's two guys on the road to Emmaus. We're given the name of one. The other is unnamed. So these two followers of Jesus are walking along. And as they're walking along, Jesus just out of nowhere joins them. And so he's saying, hey, what happened? And they say, didn't you hear? Don't you know? How could you, how could you be here in this area and not know what happened today or the last few days, the crucifixion and now the resurrection? And they lay that whole thing out and, and they lay out their discouragement, their disappointment and their lack of understanding. They were perplexed. They, they didn't know what had happened to the body of Jesus. And they're talking to Jesus about that and explaining it all. And then we get to verse 25. Verse 25. And I want you to notice as we read that how Jesus puts the emphasis on the scriptures, the word of God, the Bible. All right. Look at it. Verse 25 of Luke 24. Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. What's he saying? You guys don't understand because you didn't pay attention to the scriptures. Remember we just talked about the fact that sometimes we don't understand things that we don't want to accept? Jesus has given it to him. (laughs) And as he goes on, he says, you're slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, did not the Messiah, that's Jesus, have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, they still yet didn't know that it was Jesus. But he's teaching them. He's taking them to the Old Testament scriptures. And he's saying, look, this is what the Bible says. Now, he didn't use that word. Scriptures, okay. This is what the law and the prophets say. And then he goes on. And, and, and as he pointed out to them, then of course they're eating and, and he shows himself to them. But interestingly enough, Jesus didn't bowl them over with his presence. All of a sudden, while he's praying and thanking God for the bread and the food there, and then all of a sudden the eyes of the two men are opened and they realize, and Jesus is gone. But Jesus didn't just blow them away with, hey, it's me. They probably would have fell off their seats and, you know, it's like, what, who? What did he do? He gave them scripture. Jesus gave them scripture. And then look at verse 32. Go down a few verses. They asked each other, 
they're talking. They're heading back to Jerusalem to tell the, the 11 and, and the others that are there. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And what? And opened the scriptures. It is the truth of the word of God that will burn in your hearts. It'll warm your hearts. It'll fire you up. Sometimes it'll burn with conviction about something that we got to get straightened out. We can't continue to do what we're doing. And, and, and that's how God uses the word of God. But on that Easter Sunday evening, these two guys are heading back to Jerusalem in the evening. And in a room where the, the, the 11 and other disciples are gathered together with the doors locked, Jesus appears to them. You remember that? He appears to them. And he says, hey, they're not sure what, they're so surprised, they, they don't know what to think, they're not sure it really is, they didn't know if it was a spirit, a ghost, and he says, touch, touch my hands, feel the, the nail prints, touch my feet, look at my side, and, and then they're still not sure, so he eats a piece of fish, ghosts don't eat fish, at least last time I knew they didn't. And then we're told there that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus revealed himself through the word of God. Wow. Jesus, that was the greatest object lesson or illustration possible. But instead of just continuing on, look at me, look at me, look at me. He takes them to the scriptures. Look down to verse 44 of chapter 24 here in Luke. And he says, Jesus said to them, verse 44, Luke 24, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And if you were here last week, you saw on the two uh, poster things uh, that were standing on either side. You saw one of them had the law and the prophets. And when you see those three terms, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, Jesus is talking about the entire Old Testament. That's what he's doing. And, he, and, and as he's explaining, now he's in the upper, not the upper room, but he's in a room with them and talking to them about proving who he is that really is Jesus the Messiah. And he's taking them to the scriptures, the Old Testament. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Wow. So what's the bottom line? What's, what's the bottom line? As we think about the resurrection, the resurrection is a lot to think about. The resurrection is one of those things. We talked about this whole business of people who are deconstructing their faith, who are walking away from the gospel, who are walking away not just from the the truth of the word, but in some ways, the walking away from Jesus. And one of the things that they're doing too is saying anything miraculous like that, the story of Jonah and the big fish, that can't possibly be true. The story of the nation of Israel going through the Red Sea and, and having the whole nation of Egypt and Pharaoh drown there, that, pop, that just, there's no way. 
and the resurrection? Are you kidding me? You really believe that? Absolutely. The resurrection is the foundation of our forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. If he didn't rise again, that death would have been no more than anybody else dying on the cross, claiming to be a savior or messiah or some kind of help to culture and society. But he rose from the dead. The resurrection is the foundation of our faith. The resurrection is the foundation of life after death. It's the guarantee that we know after we're done on this earth, we will one day rise again. The resurrection is our basis of our future hope and eternity with God in heaven. The resurrection is the foundation for our belief of that we're going to one day be given new bodies. Amen? Woo! And but we'll be with God in heaven forever. But listen to me, the resurrection also proves that what Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and Jesus said is absolutely true. That what they said will happen will absolutely happen exactly as they said it would. The Bible, if the, the resurrection is probably the greatest promise that Jesus ever fulfilled. We could probably debate that, but it certainly is up there at the top because without the resurrection, we would not be here today, folks. Because we'd have no basis for anything. It'd just be a, a myth, a fairy tale. We, our, our, we had a bunch of our seniors, what, Craig, about 25 or 6 or 7, go down to see David at Sight and Sound. That place would be out of business. Who'd care? Because all of what we have in this book, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, would be meaningless. But he did. And the greatest promise ever fulfilled, Jesus said he would die on the cross and be buried and three days later rise again. Unbelievable fulfillment. And because that happened, we can believe that any, any promise, prophecy, prediction, whatever it may be that God gives us in his word will happen because the resurrected Jesus is alive and this book is true. People have tried to disprove it for years and never have been able to. Hebrews chapter 1 and the first two verses, we read this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. These last days, not in the future events last days that we've been talking about, not in the rapture or the second coming last days, but we're talking in the days since the church. In these days, we're told that God speaks to us through his son, his alive, living, resurrected son, Jesus, and those words are in, his, in the Bible. Because of the resurrection... You don't have to ever worry about being fooled. Folks, we live in a day and an age when it's hard to know what is true, right? 
we hear the news, we look at the internet, we, we read the paper. Are there still papers? I guess, I guess so. We, we, we hear that information and you don't know, is that true or not? I, I, listen, as it relates to the Word of God, we don't have to ever worry again about being fooled because Jesus rose from the dead. When we talk about salvation comes in faith and trust in Jesus alone, we don't ever have to doubt that because Jesus rose from the dead. You can be confident in everything that God says because what Jesus says matters. Everything he says matters. So my question as we close this morning, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with the resurrected Jesus? Do you believe him? Do you know him? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin? Because if not, you will die and stand before the Lord one day and he will judge your sin with the sentence of an eternal hell. I, I'm sorry on this great celebratory morning. I'm not sorry, but... I know that may not be what you would want to hear if, if you're in that situation, but that's exactly what the Bible tells us. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, wow. We've got life forever with God to look forward to. But that also means we have a responsibility to spread the word, to let the truth of the living Jesus be known by the way we live and how we speak. Folks, we must respond to the resurrection. How are you going to do that today? Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your goodness to us, for your love in sending Jesus to the cross to give his life, to shed his blood, so that the possibility of forgiven sin is there. And God, thank you for giving us the truth and allowing us to hear it so that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, we can be saved. Oh God, I pray that there are any here today who do not know Jesus. Oh, I don't mean just know the facts about him, but they don't know him in a personal way as Savior. God, I pray that you'd open their hearts even before they leave this building. Father, for those of us who know you, I pray that because of Jesus Christ's presence in our lives, that we would live our lives in such a way that people see the truth in us, that they see the presence of Jesus in us, that they would want to know what makes the difference. Oh God, don't let us just go through another Good Friday, another Easter and talking about the resurrection as the foundation for all that we believe and then just walk out of this building and live next week like it never happened. Help us to respond to the truth of the resurrected Jesus for it's in his name that I pray. Amen.
Yes. Wow. What a great truth to end our time together this morning. Man, Jesus Christ is our living hope because he came out of that grave that first Easter Sunday morning. Folks, I, we can't just year after year continue to go through an Easter season and just be the same. The cross demands a response. And the resurrection demands a response. The truth that God has given us in the Bible demands a response. If you're here today without Jesus, we'd love to talk with you. We'll be here at the front. Others out of the Welcome Center. We'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you and answer that question. And brothers and sisters who know Jesus, go let your light shine. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, we are grateful that we can stand here this morning with a guarantee of eternal life, knowing that our sin has been forgiven and that we are your child, no longer an enemy of God. Oh, God, help us to let our light shine. And should there be any here today who just don't know for sure, they don't have that confidence in life after death. Oh God, I pray that you would stir their hearts even before they leave this place today. Cause them to seek out help or to trust Christ. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.